We are um, picking up at Genesis 2.18. We finished here last time, and I had a couple of slides left over that I'd still like to get to, and um, I'm going to include some Latin because I've always felt why use English if Latin will do. That's one of my uh, ways of thinking about things. So we have this idea um, in, in the world, uh, in the creation before the fall, about what about free will? Did free will exist? Does free will exist today? Luther wrote a major book on the, the, the non-existence of free will today against Erasmus. It's a, one of the largest things Luther ever wrote um, called The Bondage of the Will. Um, in fact, it's of, of, in, in Luther's works, it's, one of, it's al- almost an entire volume, about 300 pages or so. Um, and uh, I'll, I'm going to express it, if you don't mind, with just this slide. Okay? In essence, uh, before the fall, what was free will? After the fall, what was free will? And in heaven, what will be free will? Um, two of them are similar, but none of them are identical. Okay? Um, I've done this in the past on a, on a board, like on a blackboard or something. It's quicker with slides, but I will give you time to scribble um, if you need to. And I'll especially give you time with the Latin. Um, it would actually be easier if I gave you the Latin printed out and you could just cross off certain parts of it, but I won't do that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, before the fall... Man was, and this is very careful grammar, man was able not to sin. Okay? I'm saying that very carefully. Man was able not to sin. That is, he had a choice. He did have free will prior to the fall. On this earth, that's the only time that man has a choice or free will is with regard to prior to the fall, able not to sin, which in Latin is posse non peccare. In fact, a direct translation of posse non peccare is able not to fall. Okay. Now from here, I'm going to jump down to the bottom and show you the difference between before the fall and in heaven. So here, man is able not to sin before the fall. In heaven, not able to sin. This is not the second one, it's the third one. So in heaven, man is not able to sin. Non posse peccare. In other words, man will be... um, confirmed in his holiness. There's a passage in Timothy that tells us that the angels are, are like that today. The, the good angels have also been confirmed in their holiness, which is a comfort. It means that you're, the angels that, that, that surround you, your guardian angels, if you will, will not suddenly turn and fall into sin, you know, next Thursday or something. That would be horrifying if suddenly your angel got tempted and fell while they were guarding you or something along those lines. So that, but after, so we go in heaven, man not able to sin, non posse peccare, and therefore everything we do in heaven will be right in line with God's will. 
So there's no reason to fear temptation, jealousy, anything like that in paradise, okay? So if in, in, in my, my wife is in heaven now, if I see John hugging, even kissing my wife in heaven, no jealousy, it's a delight, you know, it's a reunion of believers, right? So, uh, you know, what do I care? That's, there's no fidelity there or anything. It is simply that we are all elevated to the status of essentially best friends. Everybody in heaven. We often think of heaven as you lose something with regard to marriage, but you can think of it the other, the other way. We gain something with regard to marriage, which is um, a non-jealous closeness and friendship with everyone who is there. Yes? And no ability. ability. Right. Not even able to sin. Wow. Mm-hmm. Because the, 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 the transformed, resurrected man is completely in line with the will of God. There will be no more second fall or second temptation. Once in heaven, always in heaven. Okay. I know it 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 will well this is this is what we say at the end of the sermon. The peace of God that transcends understanding. It just goes beyond our understanding. There is a line in the first of the apostolic fathers, not part of scripture, but written in the first century, in around 95 AD. Clement of Rome writes. The love of God is beyond exegesis, which is interpretation. You can't say everything there is to know about the love of God. There's too much. That's the entire content of the, of the scriptures, is this is the love of God. It's a profound statement. All right, let's move to the middle one now, which is after the fall, the one we're concerned about the most because that's where we live, and that is Non passe, non peccare. Man is not able not to sin. It's a double negative, but in Latin, that simply only asserts the truth. So it's not as if we are simply able to sin. It is that we are unable to do anything but sin. This is the status of fallen man. Everything I do is distracted by um, temptation and sin. I almost had a hymn verse in my mind there for a moment. What is the hymn verse? Where the mind is, oh, carried away by, what is that? It, it's, it's not coming. But it's, 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 it's a description of temptation in a hymn, and it's, it's striking when you sing it, and then you're on to the next verse, and you're you're like, oh, what was that again? And um, I'll think I'll I'll we'll come back to it. Maybe I'll think of it. Um, but not able not to sin. Incidentally, this not able not to sin is also the permanent status of the devil, of the fallen angels, and of those who will be damned to hell. So in hell itself unable to do anything but sin. And we see this 
For example, in Luke 16, when the rich man dies and goes to hell, and the only thing he can talk about is argue with Abraham about how does salvation work because he doesn't get it. Even though he's, in, he's dead and gone, he still doesn't understand how the gospel works. And he wants Abraham to somehow circumvent the gospel by sending people to, to rise from the dead and convince his brothers. And Abraham simply says they have Moses and the prophets like you did. So he still doesn't get it. He's still sinning in hell. Certainly, yeah. It, 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 it's as if it never occurs to anyone to repent. It's not possible. Yeah. All right. This is the whole thing, if you miss some part of it. Um, but before the fall, not able to sin. After the fall, not able not to sin. I'm sorry, before the fall, able not to sin. I think I missaid that. After the fall, not able not to sin. And in heaven, not able to sin. And that's a great comfort. Okay, enough on that? All right, let's go to verse 18 and following. Now the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So it's not as if the the creation was lacking something or God made a mistake, but rather God is filling up vacancies partly in this case, to show Adam the value of his wife, the need. He shows it, and then he fills it. So this is God's grace at work. And the the helper, the word helper, is the Hebrew word azer. So uh, one who helps, or just the right helper for him. He is, she rather, is his particular um, helper and perfect uh, one. Help meet is how I think they would have said it in the King James Version. I'm remembering that term from my childhood, a help meet. And meet in the King James. Do you remember singing the liturgy? It is meet and right so to do. The word meet, M-E-E-T, in Elizabethan English meant good or appropriate. So now we sing it is good and right so to do. We used to sing it is meet and right. And so a help meet is a good help, an appropriate or fitting helper. So this is what God plans to make, is to give Adam just the right mate, and this is what he actually does. One of the longer verses in the chapter, Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. Do you remember me mentioning on day five that the animals were not made out of nothing as light and so forth were, but that God shaped them out of the dust like Adam? This is the verse that tells us that, is verse 19. So he formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would have named them or what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that's what its name was. Now, so either all the animals had access to Eden. Were, were the animals spread out uniformly around the globe? Were, were there, you know, were, were platypuses in Eden? 
you know, and, 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 and wombats and marsupials and different things like that. And we're polar bears walking around um, there, there. There's the old joke. You have a house with all southern exposure and a bear walks past. What color's the bear? All southern exposure means every window faces south. Therefore, where's the house? On the North Pole. So what color's the bear? Bear's white. So anyway, it's an old... It's, it's like what color is a bus driver's eyes? Do you know that joke too? Oh, um, you're driving a bus, you pick up one child, then you pick up four more, then you drop off one, then you pick up six more and drop off two, then you pick up ten more and drop off four. What color is the bus driver's eyes? Because how did it start? You're driving a bus. So it's the one detail that you want to, you know, you want to remember. By the way, that isn't just a joke because in, in the New Testament, in, the, in, the, in Luke 15, um, a while ago, the United Methodist Church voted, I don't know how you can vote on doctrine, but they voted to begin allowing music in which God is referred to as she. They started losing members over this. Why did they vote this way? I read it in their minutes. Because in the parable of the lost coin, who represents God in the parable? A woman has lost a coin, goes searching for it. Therefore, God must be a woman. However, that's an identical um, parable, point for point, to the very next parable over, which is the parable of the lost sheep. And therefore, who, according to the, that logic, is the shepherd in the parable of the sheep. And how does Jesus start the parable? Suppose you have a hundred sheep. So now who's, who's the shepherd? You are. So can I use I as a pronoun for God as, as well as he or she? So that's, that's the problem with that. With that's, that's bad exegesis. Um, because a parable generally has one point of comparison. Only a couple parables have more than one point, but those certainly will just have one point, which is the rejoicing in heaven. Um, but nevertheless, okay, let's go on here. So Adam, oh, either all the animals had access to Eden or Eden was bordered by all their various environments. I talked about Eden as being not a, not a small place. It's not like Flandreau Park, you know, or Central Park in New York. You know, Eden could have been much larger, you know, like France, you know, a, a much larger place where on each side was, was all these different environments or something like that. So a possibility. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. So here we don't have a breakdown of all of the groups, but three out of the four, three out of the five rather. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. I'm not sure Adam also named the fish, you know, every single fish, or at least not yet. But he's naming the birds and he's naming the, the wild animals and he's naming the livestock. How long did it take him? Well, this process may have extended out longer than just the time between Adam's creation and the creation of Eve. So it may have also extended out beyond 
the fall to Adam's lifetime. Therefore, we're talking about 950 years here. And, uh, and, and he may have, you know, done it his whole life. So in a way, um, Adam becomes more like Captain Spaulding in the Marx Brothers movies. He's just off doing this all that that's what he does is he goes around and names critters all the time, you know. Yes, very, very, very intelligent. But also, you, how many? What? What? What's the? What is the? Uh, what is the creature that is more has more versions than any other creature in the world? And I think it's the beetle. There are more varieties of beetles, and yet, does Adam bother, or does he just say beetle? You know, and, and somebody else can worry about that. You know, how, how, how far does that go? Would, would Adam have differentiated between, for example, a deer and a moose? Maybe. They look different. You know, a deer, an elk, and a moose? Yeah. But a white-tailed deer and a black-tailed deer? Maybe not. You know, there, maybe it's a deer is a deer. Something like that. Also, in Adam's day... Uh, you have a, 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 another subtle difference that we're not so much aware of as somebody maybe 500 years ago would have been more aware of, and that is how many varieties of dog were there? Because when Adam was around, it might have been zero. Um, genetically, they say that every dog is descended from the wolf. There's no other animal that just breeding wolves gave us all of mankind's dogs. And that breeding one kind of cat, um, or maybe it's two, but there was a cat in, in either China or Japan and a cat in Egypt that a wild cat, and all the cats on earth are descended from those two species. And I don't know where, we're, where we are in the rank of genus, phylum, species, and so forth, but, but how many, you know, uh, 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 and butterflies, how many different varieties are there now as opposed to then? And there could have been a change in, and uh, we call that microevolution, where there are changes because of environment and because man does things himself. He likes to change things, and man also sometimes undoes a species. Um, for example, the passenger pigeon, you know, where I'm also curious, I've, I'm, I'm curious uh, about the American Wild West because two things are never there in the Wild West movies. One of them is the locust plague from 1874 to 1877 that's never in any of the movies. And it affected everything from St. Louis to Missoula, Montana, never shows up in those movies. And the other thing is that you never see passenger pigeons. And, you know, there should have been, you know, there, there should have been a, a dwindling. They, they show that the decimation of the buffalo, but not the, but not the passenger pigeons. Mm -hmm. That would be a pretty interesting thing. Minor. Are major. <laughs> I don't know. Not when you're talking about sunlight. Because the passenger pigeons would block out the sun for days oh, yeah. as they flew overhead, you know, and locust plagues yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the buffalo don't eat the suspenders off your body as you're standing there looking at your field. 
when all of a sudden, pa, your drawers, you know, and right. it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, okay. no. Because the animals they have on display there are strange, and and they're mm -hmm. talking about this microevolution. Yeah. Over time, they they change. Yeah, they you. Say, this is the family mm -hmm. of tigers or whatever. Right, and they do they do change, and but there there certainly were at, at predators of some kind. Mm -hmm. You know, all the way back. For one thing, if there aren't predators, then. Uh, why did we're going to see it? Why did um, Cain build a city in chapter four? And I, I I tend to think that what Cain was building was what we would think of as a Wild West fort with a palisade of of uh, just sharpened logs around the out. That's kind of his definition. Probably would have been what he could do for a for a wall, a city wall, like an African village. You know, but he's building an ear, a walled city, um, and, and names it after his son, and or he, he's beginning to build it. And uh, is that because, is it because he doesn't trust God's promise that the mark God puts on him will keep him from revenge? We'll talk about that more when that happens. But just naming the creatures was not a brief process, and I think that the names Adam gave were probably mostly lost at the Tower of Babel. So we don't even have many more, but they might be reflected by some names still in use today, you know, just in different languages. Because some some animals, there's nothing else you can call it, you know, blackbird. It just you just kind of land on that and and things like that. <clears throat> so the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep, and while he was sleeping, okay, how many think of the Sandra Bullock movie? While you were sleeping. Maybe you don't. Okay. okay. That, was a, that was a big one in, in the early days of my marriage. We, we watched that like every month for a while. It was like, so, okay. But while he was sleeping, he, that is God, took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. We have a couple things to talk about here. First of all, there are some Christian denominations today and, and Christians who refuse Medical treatment, advanced medical treatment for religious reasons, they say. And yet there are many passages in the Bible that talk about medicine in various ways and condone its use. God performed, first of all here, an invasive surgery. I mean, removing uh, whatever this was, a rib, is certainly a major surgery. Um, and are there other examples? Well, Jeremiah 8 is where the, the prophet asks, is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is there no healing for the wound of my people? So God says, you've got doctors and, and medicines. Why aren't you using them? And, and why is there no healing for the wound of my people? Is a spiritual um, healing? And then Matthew 9, Jesus says, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. There are other examples. James, for example, off the top of my head, says when somebody is sick, have the elders go and pray over him and give him the medicine you have, which is anoint him with oil. But that's, that's just a home remedy at the time. All right, let's get to the whatever God took out of Adam, because what was it? Well, it was at Selah. In other contexts of the Bible, 
A sailor is used for rib-like structures like the planking around a boat, the strakes of a boat or the side chambers of a temple. Those things are selahot or selahim. I don't know off the top of my head if it's masculine or feminine. I think it's feminine. Selahot. We would, what, are, what are those on a ship, actually? They are the what? If you're building a ship, those actually are the ribs of a ship. But it's, that's what you call it, the ribbing. Yeah. And so these are the tselaim, the bones of the human thorax. Um, <clears throat> but was it a rib? Well, looking at this diagram of what there is in a human body on, the per, on a guy's side, then I would say probably this was a rib. The other thing about the rib is that, do you know what a rib contains that some other bones might not? Cartilage, and in, 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 in the middle, marrow. Bone marrow contains all of the DNA. Um, and so a rib, it, it's, it's, it's a cur that's a curious detail because ribs and the spine have all of the building blocks. And God takes one of those and forms it. You know, for example, in the middle there, the, um, the um, sternum, you know, or, or the clavicle up on the shoulder. They don't have all that stuff, but the ribs and the spine do. So that's what God uses. Okay. Just a curiosity about this. Aristotle, the philosopher, said that he couldn't conceive of there ever having been a first man or a last. Aristotle, you know, in his mind, he couldn't take humanity back to why, where, where would the first one come from? There had to have always been something. So Aristotle did believe that there was like a beginning, but he couldn't conceive. He thought that man went back beyond the beginning. Right, exactly. Well, that's where philosophy sometimes falls. And, and Aristotle also believed in eternity that it would go on the other direction, however. Now, the creation of Eve also conflicts with our natural order. Why? Because she's born of a man. She's not born of a woman. And then this isn't in anything else I would even bother with too much, but um, you know the, the, uh, the saying, um, I wouldn't know him from Adam. You know where that saying comes from is that there is a way to tell someone from Adam according, you know, philosophically. I don't know if it was accurate though. What, did, what do you and I have that Adam didn't? or potentially didn't have, a belly button. Since he and Eve were not created in a womb, there would be no need for the umbilical cord and therefore perhaps no belly button, which is um, sometimes represented in ancient art, sometimes not. Depends on if the artist is paying attention. But once in a while you get Adam and Eve and they have just a blank space there where you'd think, do they just forget the belly button? And no, it's not there for a reason. These are, those old artists studied the body and they all have paintings of nudes and everything. They knew what belly buttons look like, but sometimes they leave it out of Adam and Eve with a, for a reason, you know. Um, there is also the saying, um, I wasn't born yesterday, which relates to Eve's temptation. You know, when, when, did, when was Eve gullible? Well, she was born yesterday. 
basically, you know. I think that there was more time. I believe that a month is the amount of time we're dealing with between the creation of Adam and Eve, the sixth day of creation, and the fall. And I have specific reasons for thinking that. But they're personal reasons, and maybe it was a little bit longer, maybe not. But I'm, I'm, I'm doubtful as to whether Eve ever did not um, use one of her eggs to conceive. They have such a massive family, and she's still conceiving at 130 years old, that I, I tend to think that she used all of her eggs, and that therefore, if Eve was fertile, they conceived. Eve was fertile, they conceived. That's why I think that the first month, the end of the first month, is when the fall happened. She hadn't conceived yet, but they have, they're basically naked teenagers who are commanded to have babies. How long are they going to wait to start their family? I'm thinking no. So a month of, of essentially paradise and then the fall. And because she's not pregnant when they fall. Otherwise, their first child would be conceived without sin. You've been listening to Invisible Church, the Bible study podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church, New Wall, Minnesota.